And I said, and she looked at me and she's like, so why do you want to be a sister? And I said, well, I've done activism, I've done drag, and I think the sisters are the best way to put the two together, and that is be an activist and be a drag. That was Sister Annie Cockledew of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from activists, teachers, artists, and other San Franciscans telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 20, part one. This podcast is the last in our series on the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as they gear up to celebrate their 40th anniversary this weekend. Annie grew up in San Mateo and always had the city in her mind. After going to the March on Washington back in 1993, she came back to the Bay Area looking to continue the activism that so inspired her in D.C. First joining a gay fraternity at SF State, then the Gay Rodeo, she eventually became a sister because of the charity work that the group engages in. We want to thank Heather Jacks, whom we featured in episode 13, for connecting us with the sisters. Heather's book, which also commemorates the sisters' anniversary, is called Sister Stories. Learn more about that project and get a copy for yourself on Heather's website, heatherjacks.com. Here's Sister Annie. Uh, I have a very odd story about coming to the city for the first time. Uh, It was right after the Loma Creator earthquake. Google it, you'll figure out my age by that. Um, I was still in high school and I got stuck at the Safeway on Market Street. My car was overheating and I was panicking because I couldn't call my parents and tell them I was stuck in the city. And I just remember two nice gentlemen coming up to me and talking to me and basically calming me down to be like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay, the car started to, you know, cool down and everything. And then I was like, well, how do I get on the freeway? Because at the time, like all the entrances were either closed or not open. So I was very like, I drove all the way out to 19th Avenue <laughs> and took 19th Avenue back down home because that was the only way I knew how to get out of the city at the time. I wasn't here, but I heard it was hot that day. Yes, that, like, it was actually pretty- like a very hot day. Uh, my grandparents lived in the Marina District and uh, that following day we moved them out. Um, and I remember like it being sweltering hot and it, it just a very odd, hot October time of year so is that where the whole like because I've lived here just about 20 years and like every time it gets warm all the locals are like earthquake weather is that where that came from I don't it's just silly it's just silly well it gets people who aren't from here to like freak out a little bit Um, because really there is no earthquake weather but because we've like a couple years ago we had little tremors in December and uh, November and December time period and I remember, like, it's cold. <laughs> so I think there's nothing to it, but it's just fun to keep, you know, keep the, the non-locals away. <laughs> Growing up in San Mateo, as I said, it, it, it seems so far away when it's so close to, you know, Oz or the Mecca of San Francisco. And one of the things I was always wanted to do was live in the city. Um, but when I was younger, I was uh, very active in uh queer youth groups. Uh, I was part of a queer youth group in San Mateo um, and we partnered with Lyric um, and went to the March on Washington. Uh, So I was uh, 21 at the time and still part of the youth group because I hadn't phased out yet. 
was the March 92, 93? Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. We'll say it was the early 90s. <laughs> Keep people guessing about my age. I think we're the same age. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went to the March on Washington with my youth group. Uh, we raised money by doing fundraisers and everything to go. And that was my first real activist movement, uh, activist thing, was going to the March on Washington. And I have fond memories of it. It's one of my most beloved memory of being, being in the queer community for the first time. You know, people singing as they're going up the DuPont Circle escalator. I mean, it was just, it's so surreal. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen again that way. Um, I think it'll be something different if there's ever something like that again and it'll have corporate sponsorship <laughs> it'll be it'll be it'll be live streamed or something like that it'll, somebody will tweet about it <laughs> but back then it was more magical is what yeah you're saying for you. uh, and it was very different um you know like to tell people to where we, we like my youth group uh we all met at dupont circle every night at nine o'clock to make sure everyone was okay and like nobody had any issues or you know had anything happen to them and it like now like people would just text one another and be like oh i'm fine but like to have like every night be like okay it's nine o'clock let's all go to dupont circle and you know check in with one another and it was like you don't do that you, you like you don't have that kind of same connection here you'd just be like hey girl i'm fine checking in here like and you could check somebody's facebook page to figure out where they were <laughs> So it's very different. Um, but as I said, I, I, you know, from there, I, you know, went into college. Um, I joined uh, Delta Lambda Phi, which is a national gay, bisexual, progressive men's fraternity. Um, what college? I, uh, San Francisco State. Oh, yeah. Zeta chapter, Lambda class. Um, hey. Um, lambda men all the time. Um, yeah, I was a fraternity boy at a gay fraternity, which really makes it kind of a sorority, but don't tell them that. Um, but we actually did a lot of good fundraising. Uh, one of the things we did was uh, we were at Daddy's Bar, which uh, is now uh, Bar 440, uh, but we did Paddle All Frat Boy for a buck, and we raised a lot of money. Um, couldn't sit down for a while, but I raised a lot of money that, that those over those few years there. Um, and as I said, so I went from, you know, going to the March on Washington to being part of a gay fraternity, um, getting a minor in gay and lesbian studies, which you really can't do anything with. Um, just saying. <laughs> um, and then, you know, from there, I went into the gay rodeo and I started hanging out with um, some rodeo people. Um, our sister sorority is Lambda uh, Delta Lambda, and they are were our sister sorority and one of the uh, girls was a good friend of mine and she was involved in the gay rodeo where is that uh what the gay rodeo is international it's okay. canada and the united states uh here in california uh when i was involved we had four chapters we had uh san francisco uh san diego la and palm springs and then there is a group in sacramento as well um, and it's called the Golden State Gay Rodeo Association. Um, and here in the Bay Area, it's called the Golden State Gay Rodeo Association Bay Area Chapter. Kind of appropriate. Um, and I got into drag for probably the first time and, and realized I could raise money and awareness by being a drag queen. Um, 
I won't say I was a pretty drag queen by any means, um, but it was a way to get people involved and I did it for camp. Um, and with that, I realized the sisters um, do a lot of charity work and they like to drink. And the rodeos got a, uh, or at the time had an alcohol sponsor. So I was like, wow, they like to drink and the rodeos sponsored by alcohol. These two groups should get together. So I kind of brought the two groups together um, uh, and invited the sisters to do a blessing at the rodeo. And since then, the sisters have had a presence at the Gay Rodeo here in San Francisco every year since. And that was almost now 16, 17 years ago. So that's kind of my little, yeah, that's my little connection to the sisters and my life coming up in the Bay Area. Did you, so so you were doing a little bit of drag before you were a sister, in other words. Um, Did you have a drag name? Yes. So um, I like to keep with uh, you'll. Uh, my drag name was Anita Name, um, because I was filling out the application to be a drag queen for the rodeo, and I was sitting in a bar. You'll notice there's a theme there, um, unlike we are today. I'm just saying. Um, and I was sitting down, and I turned to my friend. And I was like, I need a performer name. I don't have a drag name. And they're like, you know you need it you know you need a name and I was like yeah and we kept going back and forth and I was like no 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 and my friend like stopped and in that like drunken moment where you know a little bit of sanity comes through he turned to me and complete deadpan I need a name and I like looked at him and I was like oh my god that's the best drag name ever and so yeah that's my drag name I need a name it was yours just like that (laughs) Nice. And I haven't met one ever since, so I I've think I'm probably it. one of the few. Nice. <laughs> so you connected the sisters with the gay rodeo. What about, like, when did you become a sister? Um, so I um, was Miss Golden State Gay Rodeo, uh, and I stepped, uh, after I stepped down, I said I wanted to join the sisters. And I had a couple friends that were also sisters. Uh, Sister Edith, my flesh, is a, a good friend of mine. Um, and they were like, oh, come to a meeting. And so I was like, great, well, I have to give you an award anyway, so I'll come to your meeting, and that'll be my first meeting and, and everything. So I met with the mistress of novice, uh, Sister Sharon Dippity, um, and she was like, you know, tell me about your calling, tell me about your life, and some of this could be, you know, recorded for that, basically. <laughs> And I said, and she looked at me and she's like, so why do you want to be a sister? And I said, well, I've done activism. I've done drag. And I think the sisters are the best way to put the two together. And that is be an activist and be a drag. Um, And there's a lot of sisters that, you know, say, oh, you know, we don't do drag or anything. But, you know, it's a persona. And so it's just putting on a persona that's out there for the public to see. Um, and it's very re- recognized here in the Bay Area especially, um, but we are worldwide. And I was like, hey, I think this is a good fit. Um, when the sisters uh, met my um, my now husband uh, for the first time, uh, one of the sisters was like, you know, I think, he, you know, we've got a good sister here in the making. He's like, yeah, it's the first time I've seen him enjoy be- doing drag 
and raising money and being an activist all at the same time. And I hadn't heard it that way before, but it really makes sense. I, you know, be doing fundraising, being an activist, and being, you know, having an alternate personality really fit for me, and it allowed me to really come out of my shell um, and kind of really meet the community head on in a in a more public way. So yeah, my um, my current name comes from I, again um, an afternoon at the Eagle. Tavern oh, in San Francisco. Yeah, really? just just another bar <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon at a beer bus. There was alcohol probably involved, um, but I was sitting there with Sister Edith, my flesh, and Sister Rocks and Roll, um, and we were sitting there. And you know, I was a novice, so you know, you toy with names, and everyone hates them because you know you nobody comes up with a good name the first time around, and. I was like, well, I, you know, what? Do, and I was like, well, I like to stay with A, because my my secular name starts with an A, my drag name started with an A, and it makes monogramming a lot easier. And so, one of the sisters was like, you know, gabbing, and in the distance, uh, a gentleman revealed himself, and without a beat, one of the sisters turned around and said, "Anikakadoo." And we stopped. We all kind of had that moment again. The world stopped for there, and they looked at me, and I looked at them, and I was like, Annie Cockledew. That's my name. And so, yeah, I got dubbed Annie Cockledew. Nice. And I spell it French because, you know, got to make it sound fancy. C-O-C-Q-U-E, right? Is yeah, it? so it's yeah. C-O-Q-U-E. Apostrophe L. So it's C-O-Q-U-E-L. Oh, Apostrophe D. Apostrophe. Oh, oh. Do. Okay. So it. it's not doodle do, it's just do. Any cockle do. Any cockle do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's no no Annie with an E because I don't do E anymore. That was in the 80s. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so ha- so past tense. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sister Annie Cockle do. Join us Thursday when Annie will talk more about the Ducal Council, which has some overlap with the sisters. And she'll reflect on the upcoming 40th anniversary of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. Find the nearly 70 episodes on our website, storiedsf.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If that happens to be Apple Podcasts and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.